I want to talk to you today about the, the theme, I am anointed of God. I want you to say that with me. I am anointed of God. Say it again. I am anointed of God. Let's say it one more time. I am anointed of God. Wow, what a statement. Let that sink into your spirit today. The full context and meaning of that phrase that I am today anointed of God. If you study the scriptures right throughout the Bible, when the anointing comes on a man or a woman, both in the Old and the New Testament, he takes them from being a mouse to a lion, from being defeated to being an overcomer, from being the least to being the greatest, from a prison to the palace. God's supernatural ability that comes upon a man or a woman and prepares them to change the world. So often we look at our own abilities and we're so acquainted with what we don't have, but this year we're going to become acquainted with who we do have. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 61.1, are you ready? (coughs) It says, The Spirit of the Lord God. The Spirit of the Lord God. So this is not this is not just anybody, but this is the Spirit of the Lord God who made the heavens and the earth. That Spirit. What Spirit? The Holy Spirit. Did you hear that? The Spirit of the Lord God. Not an evil spirit, not a weak spirit, but the Spirit of God Himself is on Try it again. He's on me. He's on me. This is a statement of reality and faith that the Spirit of God is on this church and is on each and every one of us. Wow. Because He has anointed me. I want you to say with me today, I am anointed. You need to live like that. I am anointed of God. So no matter where I find myself, I am bound to overcome. I'm bound to be victorious because I'm anointed by God. His Spirit rests upon me. The anointing of God is a powerful thing. It's the anointing of God on flesh that enables us to do the things that are impossible for flesh to do. The anointing of God comes upon flesh and enables us to do what is impossible for the flesh to do. I can't heal anybody. I can't deliver people from demons. I can't see into the future in my own strength. But when the anointing of God comes upon a man or woman, He enables us to do what we couldn't do before. We've had a measure of success up to now, but it's nothing compared to what God has for us because his anointing is about to get stronger and stronger and stronger and his people are about to become more and more aware of what it means to live anointed by the Holy Ghost. I know what it means to operate in my own ability. And there's a limit. There's a limit to the fruitfulness There's a limit to how much I can press through and endure. 
But when the anointing of God comes upon a man or woman, there is no limit. That shook some of you. Some of those religious evil spirits are being torn to you. There is no limit when the anointing of God comes upon a man or woman. I'll say it again. There is no limit. I'm brushing away the limits and all the rubbish that's been placed upon your life. There is no limit to what God can do when the anointing comes upon a man or a woman. Two Corinthians four seven. Some of you are praying for me to calm down. <laughs> but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so the surpassing greatness of the power would be of God and not from ourselves. There is a surpassing greatness of the power of God that wants to fill every vessel today. If people look at you and they are overwhelmed by how great you are, then you've missed the point. If they're, if they're enamored with your ability, then, my friend, you've missed the point. Paul says there is surpassing greatness of the power of God. So when that people look at you, they will say, that must be God. There's a, there's a, there's a calling upon your life that, that will so stretch you that it's only God that can make it happen. And that's why we need to be anointed with fresh oil every day. Because the assignment is way too big. To do in your own ability. I am anointed. So we need to be aware of who we are. Kenneth Hagin said we need to keep the switch of faith turned on. We need to tell ourselves every day, remind ourselves, the task is too great to do it in my own strength. I need to remind myself that I am anointed by the Holy Ghost to do what is not possible for me to do. God's going to put me in places that are way over my head, way outside my ability, and that's okay because He has anointed me to do what I could never do in my own strength. God took Gideon, the least of the least, and anointed him with the Holy Ghost. And it caused him to have such leadership ability. He broke all the Maxwell and all the leadership charts and what people said, you must be born a leader. He wasn't a leader. He wasn't even a fly. He was the least of the least. But the anointing of God came upon him and turned him into another man. And God began to attract men into his life to change a whole nation. Because Gideon realized, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And the Bible says the spirit of God clothed him. And so he blew a trumpet and people began to gather around him. That's the anointing. That's what makes you attractive. People are not attracted to your ability, your charisma. It's the anointing of God that attracts people into your world. Wow. The disciples were constantly filled with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians says, be filled. Be being filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. That leads to excess. See, when you're drunk with wine, it's a blurred reality. And there are even Christians today, you are feasting upon things that are blurring the reality of your life. You get addicted to all sorts of things and they've twisted truth and reality. But Paul says, be filled with the Spirit. And as you are filled with the Spirit, you're going to get reality. You'll be able to redeem the time. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and enable you to do what God's called you to do. Some of you have not even begun to move into your assignment yet. 
But God's about to fill you with the Holy Ghost and break things that seem to be impossible. Some of you, even in the last six months, he's been reshifting you, realigning you back on to the assignment for your life. The enemy tried to take you out, but the Holy Spirit has come upon you even afresh for the assignment before you. Someone say he's he's preaching to you today. Well, that was really powerful. Say it to them. He's preaching to you today. 1 John 2.20 says, You have an anointing within you and you know all things. Many of you have been, you've been wondering, where am I on the track for this life? Am I fulfilling my assignment? What's God got for me? But the Spirit of God says, I have anointed you. I have anointed you within and you know all things. The Spirit of God comes upon people and it brings clarity. And even today as we pray for you, I believe fresh clarity is coming upon your life. The anointing comes to get us back on the road towards our destiny. Taking away the fog. Thank you, Jesus. So let's go to Isaiah 61 again. Thank you for your anointing, Lord. Isaiah 61.3. So why is the anointing upon us? Three things quickly I want to share this morning. The anointing comes to heal our hearts. Verse 3 says, The anointing is to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for that dreaded spirit of heaviness. Did you hear that? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is here today and it says because he's going to console those that mourn in Zion. That's the church. A lot of mourning going on to give them beauty where there's been ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Isn't it funny how people get a little bit suspicious of others that laugh in church? But the Bible says he's going to give us the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The anointing comes to heal our hearts. And if you've been on the journey of faith for any period of time, you'll understand that we're all... Most of us begin with a bang that God gives us a, an insight into his plans and purposes for our life. We get a word from the Lord. Mark 4 says that many immediately with joy receive the word with gladness. And when trials and tribulation come for the word's sake, the trials come to test whether that word is genuine in your heart, whether you truly believe it. Many get offended because of the trials and the tribulation. And they lose heart. They become bitter and angry about the process. God calls them to greatness. But God's also called El Sneaky. He doesn't tell us about the process. Because if he did, we would say, no, thank you. He only tells us the end. I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a voice to the nations. Would you like to do that? Yes, Lord. I'd love to do that. All right. So let's go. Instead of going upwards, we go down. Instead of going to the palace, we go to the pit. The word of the Lord tests us. We're learning skills. We're taking on uh, uh, 
fresh abilities and maturity so we're able to stand in authority in that place of calling. But as we go through these seasons of trials and testings, many believers' hearts get damaged and hurt. And the Bible says that the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes to heal broken hearts. Disappointment, discouragement. Do you know, as we went to Toronto, it was a bit like deja vu for me because not that I'd been to Toronto before. And for those that don't know anything about Toronto, 1994, there was an amazing outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Toronto. How many people are familiar with Toronto? Blessing. All right, about half. And in that, in that outpouring of the Spirit, thousands of people came. In fact, millions of people came during the revival that went night and day for, was it 12, 13 years, non-stop, day after day. That's a supernatural thing, just to sustain that. Many lives were transformed. If you know Heidi Baker, her story comes out of the Toronto revival. She was broken and damaged and sick. She was dying. God marvelously transformed her. We were there when they prayed for Heidi just last week and they gave her the square of carpet where she encountered God. They're actually ripping all the carpet up and they, they gave her that carpet square where she encountered God, totally healed, totally transformed, and she left that place and has planted 10,000 churches to the glory of God. That's what I call the anointing that heals broken hearts and sets people on fire. And as we walked into that place, it reminded me of a previous encounter I had when, when I had, had gone through some difficult, painful times and one encounter with God, it was like God did heart surgery on me and began to pull out all the pain and the rejection and all the gunk, things that I didn't even know that I had inside. One encounter with the glorious anointing of the Holy Spirit transforms a life that no counsellor could ever do. He is a miracle-working God. And the anointing comes to heal our hearts. Well, we got to the... To the service, and I think it was, and this is no exaggeration, <coughs> I think it was about 15, 20 seconds into worship. Was it that much? Was I being generous? I look across, and there's Joshua on the floor. <laughs> and I don't think he left that position for the rest of the conference. In fact, it got so, I'm not going to say so bad, or so glorious. He was shaking so much that we were actually standing on top of our chairs so we wouldn't get kicked. I said to Adam, let's just grab him and drag him out to the aisle and let him shake there. But God did an amazing. Why don't you come up, Joshua? Have you got a microphone? Give him a great hand. Tell him what God did. Oh, boy. Well, it, yeah, it was no joke. It was about 20 seconds. I started singing, Did You Hear the Mountains Tremble? I think it was. And I started singing that and then God just showed up. He just hit me big time. And I think I spent that worship... I don't think I got through a single worship set on my feet. No. Every, every session, God hit me and I was on the ground. And that session, I was crying just the whole time. And I don't know, God was healing me as something that I didn't even know was there. You know, I came to the conference not really expecting anything um, other than to expect what God was going to do, but not necessarily knowing what God was going to do for me. But he hit me hard. And then um, later on in that session, he, um, he, uh, 
they kind of called out to impart to everyone. And I remember standing there and I was looking out down the row and people were getting, were falling over and stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, oh yeah, I'll probably fall over, you know. And I fell into my chair eventually. I thought, oh yeah, God, yeah, I fell into my chair. That's about right. But it was when I fell into my chair that God actually hit me. And um, <coughs> yeah, from there on, it was just on the ground shaking for, <laughs> for the whole conference. But yeah, God did an amazing work. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Give him a great hand. And as, as I spoke to Josh, the thing is that we, we don't even know really what's taking place during that. And it can look quite painful. In fact, my, one my Matthew said to me, if that's God, why does it look so painful? <laughs> I said, good question. But sometimes it is, but we know at the end of the process that God does a miracle and we walk away and something shifted inside that no man could do. The anointing comes to heal our hearts. And no matter what we've built up inside us, the pain of disappointment, whatever it might be, the Spirit of God is here to set you free and to heal your hearts because your heart must be healed for you to, to go into your destiny. Because you're going to be a heart healer yourself. Amen? Amen. The second thing it says in Isaiah 61.3, the anointing is upon us that we would be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord so that he would be glorified. The anointing not only heals our heart, but it empowers us to stand firm. Did you hear that? The anointing comes to empower us to stand firm, that we would gain strength through the challenges and the capacity to occupy new realms of authority. God is strengthening his people with a spirit of might. So we won't be shaken by tribulation, by disappointment. There will come a strength to the body of Christ like never before. And that's why the anointing comes on people. It came upon Peter who was swayed by pressure. And when the anointing of God filled him on the day of Pentecost, he was able to stand up before the crowds that he'd bowed down before and preach with boldness and authority. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He turns people that are timid into lions. Strengthens us. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, We do not lose heart. Church, did you hear me? Don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward one is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, say with me, light affliction. Whatever it is that you're going through today, the Bible says it's a light affliction. It doesn't mean it's not important. God's not saying, oh, that's not significant. He's saying it's not going to affect you. It's not going to stick to you. It's not going to remain. It's a light affliction, and it's about to go in Jesus' name. This light affliction is but for a moment. Did you hear that? It's not designed to stay with you forever. It's not your identity. What you've gone through, the pain, the disappointment, the anointing of God comes upon you and removes all that pain and strengthens you. This light affliction is but for a moment. I prophesy that it will not be the making of you. It, it won't shape you. It won't, it won't determine where you can go in life. 
Some of you have been served up some bad things in life, but the anointing of the Spirit is upon you to take away these things so they don't stick to your life. For our light affliction is working for us an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I say today that the anointing of the Spirit is here today and the weight of glory is resting upon me. I'm not defined by my pain. I'm defined by His glory and His anointing upon my life. It is greater than any pain. The pain is but for a moment and it will not define me. These things have tried to hang on to me. The anointing comes to break the yoke. And sometimes the yoke stay on us way too long. We go through trials and, and pain, but the, it, it's the residue of that trial that, that is long gone that remains upon us. Are you hearing me? And that's what God wants to break. Some of you uh, have been, have been it's like, it's like your, your, your pathway has been, been stopped because of things that happened a long, long time ago. It's not the event anymore. It's the weight of the event that God wants to take. It's supposed to be just for a moment. You go through it and you come out the other side. The anointing stops the enemy sticking to you as you go through the valley of pain and darkness. The anointing's like Teflon. The weight of glory is resting upon me. Every affliction I go through is just increasing the anointing on my life. Did you get that? That's a revelation from God. Listen to me. Every affliction that you go through is increasing the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon your life. Some of you didn't believe that. The anointing has come to increase upon your life. And every affliction that you've gone through is increasing It's increasing God's favor and goodness and anointing upon your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You have exalted my horn like a wild ox. Horns are a picture of strength. Psalm says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. The anointing comes to strengthen God's people. Again, it says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through who strengthens me. Let's say it again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ is not Jesus' second name. Christ is the Greek word in the Hebrew which is translated Messiah. It's the anointed one. And he's anointing. Over 550 times in the New Testament, we see this word Christ. And every time it is used, it is in reference to the anointed one and also the anointing that flows from him to those that are in Christ Jesus. And every time you read this, this phrase, Christ, you must read, interpret, translate. I can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing that strengthens me today. I am in Christ Jesus, Christ the anointed one and his anointing in me, the hope of glory being released on the world. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to strengthen you with his anointing. 
Let the weak say, I am strong. Why? Because you are in the anointed one. And so, like Kenneth Hagin said, we need to keep the switch of faith turned on in our lives, reminding ourselves every day, I am anointed by God. So thank you, Lord. The anointing empowers me to stand firm. It strengthens me. Let the weak say I am strong. It's your supernatural power and ability that strengthens me to go through every circumstance and come out with a greater measure of anointing and faith. I will not be decreased or minimized or limited by anything that the enemy throws up for I am anointed with fresh oil. I am anointed with fresh oil. My horn is like that of a wild ox. I am strong in you. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you are at the end of your tether. Okay, allow the anointing now to kick in. Let his strength be your strength. Come into his very dominion of his anointing. Say, Lord, you said that I'm anointed with your oil, your supernatural ability. Let it clothe me now. Look at David's mighty men. They came up under the tutelage of David, the, the anointed king. And that anointing came upon ordinary men that were in debt. They had no hope. And they spent a season with David in the cave, learning about the presence of Jesus and the anointing. And that anointing would come on these men and turn them into supernatural men. One man would kill 100, 800 men. One man, man would get into a pit, a snowy pit with a lion and kill him. They would do supernatural feats. The anointing would come upon Samson and he would pick up the jawbone of a donkey and slaughter a thousand Philistines. This was supernatural anointing that would come upon men and women and strengthen them when it seemed that there was no hope. I say to you today, if you're feeling weak, grab a hold of his anointing today. Say, Father, thank you for your anointing. I am clothed in your anointing. I want to function in your anointing. I want to abide in your anointing. I don't want a day to go by where I'm not conscious of living in your anointing. You say, well, aren't we anointed? Well, yes, we are. The moment you get born again, you're in Christ Jesus. But here's the thing. You've got to live aware of the anointing in your life. It's, it's available, but it's not automatic. Are you hearing me? You can live as a believer with all the resources of the anointing within you and never draw on them. You can get up and just do your own thing all day, aware of your own ability, or else you can come into that secret place and say, Lord, you said I am anointed. That clothing that I need, that ability, I ask, Father, let it flow through me. The disciples did that right through the book of Acts. It says that they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. If they needed to be filled, if Jesus needed to be filled, how much more we? I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Amen? And lastly, the anointing enables me to accomplish the mission that God has for my life. How many people want to accomplish their mission? That's a no-brainer. I don't want to get to heaven and discover that God had plan B and I was on plan Z. I want to fulfill his calling on my life. 
And I want you to fulfill your calling on your life. And it's the anointing that enables us to accomplish the mission. Verse 4 of Isaiah 61. It says, and they shall. Did you see that? Did you see that phrase? They shall. Not might. Not if all the planets line up. Not they hope. Not maybe. But they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. Where the anointing is rest upon a man or a woman, the calling that God has for their life shall be completed. They shall rebuild. And the devil would say to you that you'll never fulfill your plan. The devil says to you all sorts of crazy things. And I keep reminding you that he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. The anointing of God is upon you today to enable you to fulfill God's plan for your life. They shall rebuild. Are you hearing this today? The anointing is on you today to enable you to fulfill every last drop. I am reminded now of the anointing that was upon Elijah. And Elisha said to Elijah, I want a double portion of the Holy Ghost that is on you on my life. And as you know the story, it was granted to Elisha, the double portion. And as you count up all the miracles upon Elijah's life, and you double it, when Elisha dies, he's one short of doubling what Elijah did in number. And you know, many of you know the story, it's in the grave of Elisha that the anointing of God still rests upon him. That when a dead man was thrown into the grave in the midst of a battle, he hit the bones of Elisha and the dead man came back to life. Who'd like to be performing some miracles in your grave? What does that tell you? The anointing ensures the completion of your assignment. Even if you're dead, God will see to it that not one thing misses God's plan for your life. If you will live under the unction and the power of his anointing. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. And everything that God has for your life shall be fulfilled as you rely upon the anointing of God. Here I am, Lord. Fill me afresh today. Lead me by your anointing. Cause me to walk in your strength and your boldness for this hour. I submit to your anointing. And I confess today that the Spirit of the Most High God is upon this man. For you have anointed me for such a time as this. 
and we decree it with boldness and then begin to walk in the outflowing of that anointing. In your business today, walk under the anointing of God's Spirit. You cannot do what God has called you to do in your own ability. You'd need 10 lifetimes and you still wouldn't begin to scratch what God has for you. It is too hard. There are too many barriers for you to get through in your own ability. But it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. I'm reminded that Joshua... It came up against the walls of Jericho, which are a picture even today of strongholds in our city. And what does God say to the people of Israel? Work harder, get a second job, save up, buy more spears. No, he doesn't say any of that. He says, get the ark out. The presence of Almighty God become presence conscious, become anointing conscious and begin to surround your problems with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. March around them each day. Surround all your problems and all your challenges with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so they did that. They circled around it seven times. And then they blew the trumpet, the prophetic voice of the Lord. And as they spoke, it released the anointing and brought the walls down. God can do in a moment what you could never do in a lifetime. That's the power of a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God. So today, we say to you, you are anointed of God. Every single one of you, the moment the Spirit of God comes into your life, see, because the Spirit of God rests on the life of Jesus. He's the only one that can house the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit came down at the baptism and rested and remained on Jesus. And the moment Jesus comes into your life, the moment you receive him as Lord and Saviour, he brings in the fullness of the Holy Spirit to live within you. Know you not that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You are the temple where he's come to fill that same Spirit came and stayed at Obed-Edom's house for three months and turned a man that was nobody to the whole nation knew that God had blessed him and prospered him because he was aware that he was a carrier of the presence of God. This makes all the difference. This is the missing key. For the whole church is to be aware that we are carriers of the presence of God. And he will make a way where there seems to be no way. He will defeat the torment in your life. He will set you free. He will put you on a higher plane. He will give you strategies. He will do what you cannot do. So I say to you today, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. Just lift up your hands right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence and your fire. You're about to do something new and unusual this year that's going to begin this year and continue on and get stronger and stronger and stronger. So we as a church, we invite you, precious Holy Spirit, to fill this place. We ask that you would come in your glory and overwhelm us and fill us, baptize us, 
We want to be consumed in your ability, in your, the fire of your love, that you, would, that you would heal hearts, Lord, that have been broken and damaged by relationships, things, Lord, that we've carried that have caused us to limp. We're asking now, Lord God, that you would come by your Spirit and baptize us in the fire of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and have your way. In Jesus' name.